DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, insights from today's most compelling authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I am delighted to be joined by Dr. Joseph White, who is a nationally recognized clinical psychologist and a best-selling author. He is the director of Catechetical Resources for Our Sunday Visitor. With Dr. Joseph White, we go inside the pages of Listening for God in Everyday Life, published by Our Sunday Visitor. Joseph, thank you so much for joining me. It's great to be with you, Chris. I can't think of a more timely book that has been published recently than yours, because I think people are trying desperately right now to listen for God. And and the title of your book is Listening for God in Everyday Life. But I think all the things you... uh, bring forward, this is not everyday life for many people that we're experiencing right now. And I think this this is a great way to ground us again. Thank you so much for writing it. Well, thank you. Yeah, these are really uncertain times. And, and of course, in uncertain times, it's even more important for us to be listening for the voice of God in our lives. What has brought you to, to compile the book the way you have right now? You know, I um, I used to struggle with people saying, you know, I, I, I heard God tell me this, or God has been saying this, or God put this on my heart. Um, and I struggled a little bit because sometimes people were saying things that I wasn't really sure God would say. Um, and mm-hmm. so, you mm-hmm. know, I, I, I kind of began to wrestle with this idea of how, how does God speak to us? Of course, you know, as, as Catholics, we know that our, our sure sor- source of, of God's uh, message to us is in sacred scripture and sacred tradition. Right. Um, but we also know that, you know, God speaks to us in a more personal way, um, in, in many different ways. And so I think this book really started uh, from my own reflection on how does God speak to us and how might we, you know, discern what is the voice of God in our lives? Boy, is that important, uh, discerning it, uh, especially, at, can we say, in the time of pandemics? that, you know, and the heightened anxiety, uh, being able to, you know, there's a difference between being led down panic road and uh, actually trying to make that place so you can make prudent decisions. There's a difference, isn't it? Because prudence is something that God leads us into, doesn't he? Right, right. And, And sometimes that can seem like a fine line. You know, I think many times over the last several days, I think a number of us have been asking ourselves now, is this overkill? Am I preparing too much? Am I imagining worst case scenario too much? Am I getting too obsessed with germs when I touch something? Um, and then, you know, we wrestle between that or, or is it prudent right now? Because we don't know where the virus is, and, mm-hmm. you know, just things where we don't know what's going to happen down the road, um, you know, as we, as we plan uh, for this. And, and, uh, and yet, so often in Scripture, and so often in the words, of, particularly of, of St. John Paul, the Great, um, we hear, do not be afraid. You know, and so we know that God, God wants us to be prudent, but he doesn't want us to be anxious. Mm. Oh, I think that's really important, because he does want to speak to us. I mean, there are a lot of people that will say, God seems to be a part of what's happening here. And of course mm. he is. I mean, if you're listening for him, he has not abandoned us. He's, he is right no. here. 
and even the events of the day, uh, it God has allowed it. The Father in heaven has allowed it for some reason. And that reason, he will, maybe not on the, on the big global political structure will we understand it, but maybe what's happening in our lives today, he wants us to be able to hear him, doesn't he? He does. You know, um, the, one of the big struggles that people have uh, in, in faith, I think, uh, and I think all of us kind of wrestle with this question at some point or another, is why do bad things happen? You know, why does God allow bad things to happen? And especially why does God allow bad things to happen to good people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, this question has been posed um, throughout history. And, um, and, and I think the good news is our faith in some ways responds to that question. We, we can't fully respond to that question. And, and the popes have echoed this. You know, I, I've heard John Paul II, Pope Benedict, um, even Pope Francis uh, more recently been, ha- have been asked this question, why does God allow bad things to happen? And, and even our popes, Chris, have said, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know that's, mm-hmm. that there's, no, there's no quick and easy answer to that. But, but then they, they I, I think I've heard all three of those popes then say, as an, as an addendum to that, but what we do know is that God understands suffering and that God is on the side of the suffering, that God is, is right there beside us when we're struggling, when we're anxious, when we're sick, uh, when we're caring for the sick. And so as we go through this, you know, very chaotic time right now around the world and the scary time, it's, it's so important that we remember that. And particularly if life gets really rough for us, that God identifies with our suffering, and he is right beside us, especially, especially when we're struggling and suffering. Yeah, it, it's important for us to, in in this time as we're preparing, I mean, everybody, I, I can't think of a person that I know personally that is not preparing. They are trying mm-hmm. to grasp their, the, their mind around what they need to do. But when that time comes, when all of a sudden you just all right, I'm prepared. It's time that taking the deep breath and, oh, wow. Okay, mm-hmm. now what? What, how do I respond? What do I do? What, what do I do? And in your book, Listening for God in Everyday Life, I think it is just right. You, you know, remember, like you say right in the very beginning, you can see him in creation. Mm-hmm. You know, you're not necessarily... You know, there are some in urban centers that will not be able to necessarily go out and walk around in the streets. But there are those, if, if you can get out of, the, out of the city and go find a park, go find mm-hmm. you know, a forest to go through, uh, some region, just so that you can see them in creation. Even those of us that live, Chris, in, in suburban areas where we might have backyards that are fenced in or, or big porches or things like that, um, you know, one of the things to important to remember, social distancing doesn't mean that we that we can't step outside and, and get some fresh air. And, and especially if we can keep our distance from from others and particularly from groups and things like that, just being able to go outside and, and listen and experience nature. Um, I, I remember reading recently a comment from somebody in Wuhan, China, saying, I used to think that we didn't have birds in Wuhan, but it was actually the noise mm-hmm. of the city that drowned that out. And now mm-hmm. that it's quiet, now that nobody's moving around, I can go out and hear all these birds singing. 
You yeah. know? And, and being able to experience that aspect of God's creation in that silence uh, might also be a way that God can speak to us through all of this. Yeah, I, I think that's really important. I, I mean, to be honest with you, I've noticed that. <laughs> you, I've had to turn off the TV. I don't know about you, Joseph, but there is almost, it, it's too much. I mean, I'll watch a mm-hmm. press conference mm-hmm. from the, with the president and then, I, and my local news, and mm-hmm. but then everything else I've got to shut off because it it's, can be overwhelming. But in that silence all of a sudden around the house, you begin to notice the, you're absolutely right. It, if you open this window, it, the birds are singing. You, mm-hmm. you can hear the wind blowing. You, you, can, you can hear other cars going. You can hear dogs barking. But there's, I don't mean to overemphasize that, but we, we notice things now that we m- may have passed us by. Yeah, yeah. I think one of the unexpected blessings of a, of a chaotic time like this is that we, we rediscover some of those aspects of everyday life that we took for granted, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, being together with people being one of them. Um, but I've, I've talked with some families recently who are, um, you know, in, in, in Austin uh, here, we're kind of going through this time of a transition to people just kind of being at home, uh, working at home, being at home. The kids are out of school probably for the rest of the year. We don't know for sure. Um, but uh, lots of parents at home with their kids and spending a lot more time together than they have before. And while on the one hand, you know, you hear some people going, oh, my goodness, we're getting cabin fever, we're going crazy. On the other hand, I've also heard some families saying, you know, this extra time together is an unexpected blessing for us. We're, we're communicating more. We're doing things together. And because we don't have to rush to meet any schedule, we can take as long as we want doing things together. Mm. It also, in the second chapter, again, it's so timely. It's listening to God in those in need. Yeah. And there are a lot of people in need right now. And, and we're, but we're living through a time that's telling you, don't touch them. Don't shake yeah. hands. Don't hug. And yet it, 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 it's almost, in a way, it's almost a, a good thing because now we've got to make the extra effort. Now you've right. got to find the way. It, it's like you've got to carry the cross in a, in a, in a different way. How, how does God speak to us in that case? Well, you know, we read in, in Matthew 25 that whatever we do for those in need, um, for the least of these especially, that we've done for Jesus Christ. And so we have a potential encounter with Jesus Christ when we meet somebody who's in need. Um, I think the people in need right now in a crisis like this are, are, are very often the folks that we find that are in need at other times, too. Um, people who are facing food insecurity are not able to stock up on food and, and prepare for something like this. Um, food banks are very low right now because they can't get access to, to canned food and are having to um, you know, try to do bulk buys of that and things like that. Um, and, and so one thing that we can do right now is to get in touch with our parishes. Um, if the parish office is still open, and in a lot of cases they are, even if mass is suspended, uh, get in touch with our local Catholic charities or our local food bank and say, how can I donate? How can I help some families that are in need of assistance right now? Um, another thing that I've seen that people have done that's just been wonderful is um, they've, they've offered to go shopping for people that um, are more vulnerable, for mm-hmm. the elderly, for folks that have respiratory conditions, 
um, that mean that they have to stay at home during a time like this. Um, those folks are afraid to go out, and, and rightly so, because they've been advised not to go out. Um, but they need some help getting groceries and, and meeting basic needs. And so, you know, looking for folks uh, in our lives who might be more vulnerable and might need that kind of assistance. The the wonderful thing, the wonderful opportunity that we have when we do that is we're not just doing something for them. As, as I mentioned in the book, um, when we do something for someone in need, we get the greater gift because we get an encounter with Jesus Christ himself. And that's a promise from Jesus there in Matthew 25. We're talking with Dr. Joseph White about his book, Listening for God in Everyday Life. And uh, Joseph, the the gift that we've been given now, uh, and we've been kind of alluding to it uh, in this conversation, but it's to appreciate the things that are around us. And it's not just about appreciating it, but it's to really uh, see or hear, maybe that's the, the Benedictine, you know, listening with the ears of our heart and seeing with the yeah. eyes of our, you know, the, the eyes of our heart even, that, you know, he's in that. And through our children, um, that is, that that's an, an incredible gift, a blessing for us. And mm-hmm. we don't want to pass that by, do we? We, we sure don't, Chris. You know, um, one of the, there's a chapter in the book on on how God speaks to us through children, and one of the ways that God speaks to us through children is in the way that children are um, trusting of us and are open to us. And and um, I think many children they worry a little bit less because they thought you know mom and dad are going to take care of it. Um, and even today, you know, I uh, I can see. Um, in going out to the grocery store, there are parents that are panicked looking for groceries and not finding what they need and kids that are laughing and playing with them because mm-hmm. they just trust mom and dad will take care of it, you know, and, um, and that's a good thing. You know, that's an example for us um, in those moments of anxiety. Uh, Jesus said, we need to become like little children to enter the kingdom of heaven. We need to be able to, you know, certainly be prudent. But we also, once we've done what we can do, need to be able to say, God, I am your son, I am your daughter, and I'm counting on you, and I need your help, and trust God to be with us through those times. Throughout the entire book, you have after each chapter, which are short chapters, there are many ways that we see God, so there are many chapters, but after each one, there are kind of questions that we can ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's, in answering the question, that's how we listen, isn't it? It's one thing to observe all the things we've just mentioned, but it's another thing when you actually receive it. You're beginning to, you know, take it in and receive it, isn't it? Right, yeah. I I wanted to offer in in each of these chapters a reflection on a particular way God speaks to us, you know, through creation, through family, through children, through the liturgy, through the saints, you know, a number of different ways. But then also encourage the reader to reflect on that in their own lives. Because, uh, you know, I I want us to, to begin to apply each of these things and try to listen for God in each of these aspects of life. You know, there's a great heartache for many, many people out there it, that God, it, the place we always, at the very least, thought we were hearing God was in our liturgy, going to Mass, mm-hmm. uh, going to confession. Yeah. And now that 
literally, in many cases, the doors are closed. Yeah, yeah. That's a very sad time uh, for us, of course. Um, And, uh, you know, important to know that one of the things that we believe and trust as Catholics is that when the Mass is offered, it is offered for the good of the whole Church. So even though public Masses have been suspended, um, our priests, our bishops are still saying Mass for us each day, um, and, and that is for the good of the whole Church. And in many cases, those Masses are being live-streamed. Um, you know, there, there are a number of places all over the country, and there are even a couple of websites that have consolidated this, where we can tune into a Mass as it's being live-streamed, and we can make an act of spiritual communion. And, and certainly, I, I know it's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same for me. It's not the same for you as being physically present in the Mass and receiving, physically receiving Jesus, body, blood, soul, and divinity. And yet, we do have this provision that the Church offers called spiritual communion, where we can receive Jesus into our heart in that in that mass, um, and and kind of renew that connection with Jesus and with the whole church through that spiritual communion. Yeah, it, there's also uh, a way to enter into it in a in a truly uh, mystical way, and that's mm-hmm. by entering into the liturgy of the hours. And yes, when I say mystical yes. way, it's because it really is the mystery that the entire church is praying. In this liturgy of the hours, you are united with everyone in a shared prayer throughout the the rhythm of that entire day. Right, and, right. And and as the liturgy of the hours is, is celebrated through the time zones, we these prayers go around the world and around the world. And so the the church she's in constant prayer uh, throughout the day, and joining in that constant prayer, we can be part of that rhythm, as you say. And it's so easy. I mean, today, I mean, it used to be a daunting thing when you thought, oh, my gosh, look at all the books, uh, look at all the ribbons, I'm never going to be able to keep up. But now, with the technology that we have, uh, the apps, Universalis, um, iBrievery, mm-hmm. name it, just name two, that it it's something that, you know, we can allow the scriptures to speak to us. And right. and, and the church's rhythm and the, the, the great teachings of saints are in there. Uh, as part of the office of readings. And mm-hmm. it, it's a way to kind of, in your home, to be able to foster that domestic church. Absolutely. You know, this is a time when when we can really um, bring that liturgy, if we haven't before, into the domestic church, and it's an important time to do that. Remember that you're not separated completely from your Christian community if you're at home with your family, because your family is the domestic church. It's the smallest unit of that Christian community. Um, and so you can still join in the prayer of the church. You can um, have a liturgy of the word together at home with your family, and it's a really wonderful thing to do. Again, we're talking with Dr. Joseph White about his book, Listening for God in Everyday Life. And boy, do we need that right now. I mean, you talk about how God speaks to us through humor and through our gifts and through, of course, the saints. Uh, tapping in I, into the life of the saints, I, as a family in our shared prayer throughout this whole thing, as we finish a rosary, now that we're all together and we're all praying mm-hmm. together, it we end up having our own litany of saints. The, the we we ask uh, all the ones that have touched us in special ways to pray for us, and their witness is so important, isn't it, Joseph? 
It certainly is. You know, we have uh, many of our saints uh, throughout our history have been those powerful witnesses during very, very difficult times. Um, and uh, so our saints know what it is to struggle uh, physically and spiritually and emotionally. Um, if we're going through times like that right now, and many of us are, um, we can call on, on our heroes of the faith. Um, St. Paul uh, uh, describes them as a, as a cloud of witnesses um, that are, are looking down on us and, and, uh, and cheering us on. Um, and, uh, and they certainly are our friends in prayer and very close to God. Yeah, I also love the, the fact that you put a chapter about how God speaks to us through arts. You know, through music, through the, through uh, paintings, through uh, even films that we may see, that those things that are created and they're beautiful. Uh, he speaks to us through those things as well, doesn't he? Right. You know, uh, it's one of the the beauty is one of the three transcendental properties of being the three things that that kind of point us uh, to the to the the fact that there is something greater than us: uh, truth, beauty, and goodness. And, uh, and we find a lot of that beauty, um, you know, many different places, certainly in creation and, and, and also in the arts. Um, and, uh, and so beautiful paintings, beautiful music, uh, beautiful drama has inspired um, people and stirred their faith throughout the ages. And uh, this is a, a, a nice time if you have a little extra time to rediscover that as well. There are many of the great museums from around the world are now doing virtual tours online because folks mm-hmm. can't get out of the house. And so we can rediscover some of those beautiful works of art, um, especially some of the, the beautiful, beautiful sacred art that, that uh, is especially in the museums in Europe. Um, and, uh, you know, and, and music as well. Um, we still have opportunities to do that. Even if we can't get out, uh, we can discover that beauty through the arts. And of course, he speaks to us through the scriptures. Uh, that he, that is a direct hotline, isn't it? <laughs> when when we can't yeah. when we can't feel when we're not sure that that in for ourselves, you know, go to the Word, capital W. It's a living Word, and it speaks to us, doesn't it? That's right. You know, and and that one is different from these other aspects of life that we've been talking about hearing the voice of God in, because uh, sacred scripture and and also sacred tradition are our two sure sources of divine revelation. Um, And so those those two aspects of our life are are ways that we know God speaks to us directly. And so, you know, sometimes we can be trying to discern God's voice in our life and be and be unsure and say, well, I think maybe God is leading me to do this, but maybe not. Um, when we need to to kind of do a, a check on that and and see scripture and sacred tradition is a great place to go. And then, of course, also to our church's magisterium, which is the gift that we're given to be able to uh, interpret authentically sacred scripture and sacred tradition. You know, for many of us, we've all been saying we want we want to be able to listen to God. And it, folks tell us, well, there has to be silence. You have to listen to him in the silence. Mm-hmm. And we haven't had the opportunity for silence. Well, we have it now. We, we I, in a very real way, we have it now, don't we? Yes, we do. And, and God is with us in that silence uh, as well. And so, you know, taking some time uh, to just spend time in silence before a sacred image, before a crucifix, 
um, just take some time to breathe. Um, we can even combine the silence and sacred scripture in a, in in uh, prayer um, forms like uh, uh, prayer expressions like Lexio Divina, for example, where we you know read scripture and then spend some time just in silent reflect, reflection on what God might be trying to tell us uh, through that scripture. He also in, in that silence it can be difficult if you are struggling when you have the anxieties, when you are suffering. Mm -hmm. And right now, I I don't think I've ever in my lifetime, and I I know it's almost becoming a cliche, everybody's saying we've never seen anything like this, but where there's been a collective ache, it's like the whole Mm -hmm. world is in a struggle aching, all of it. We kind of mentioned that in the very beginning. And yet he's in our struggles. He's in that suffering, isn't he? God is right beside us uh, when we're suffering. And, and we know that because God purposefully entered into human suffering so that he could have that solidarity with us, um, so that he could give himself fully as gift to us in order to redeem us. And so because we know that our Savior, Jesus Christ, suffered in every way, we can be sure that God knows what it feels like to be suffering, and that God is with us through that suffering as well. Isn't that, Joseph, in a way, what Lent was supposed to reveal to us? You know, and and maybe and it has for, for generation upon generation, but in this particular Lent 2020, it is, it, we are experiencing in so many ways the turbulence, the, the, the suffering, the... the um, the awareness of God's presence like we never have uh, during this particular Lent. Absolutely. I mean, I think this is our worldwide way of the cross right now. Um, and, uh, you know, it's certainly if we, if we choose uh, to reflect on it in that way, it's, it's another good that can come um, even in the midst of all of of all of the suffering right now. And I think we have to look for those things, Chris. I think we have to, in a time like this, um, try to focus on what are some some positive ways that I can look at this? How can I use this to grow? What simple joys can I find in everyday life? Otherwise, we can be completely overwhelmed. Well, you are a clinical psychologist, and you are dealing, I'm sure, hearing from folks that are trying to make sense of all this. And part of what can happen is as you're trying to listen, again, we mentioned this, there's a static that comes in from all around us. And that amps things up. I mean, we are dealing, we talk about it in our creed, we believe in the visible and invisible. And mm-hmm. the, the enemy that uh, tried to take out Christ is also trying to prevent you from hearing and listening to God, isn't he? Absolutely. I think there's nothing that the devil would enjoy more than the whole world being in fear for the next several weeks or months or however long this might last. Uh, Fear doesn't bring out the best in us. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. and that's why, Mm -hmm. you know, that's why we're, we're, uh, so often admonished in scripture and by our uh, by our leaders to to not be afraid but it's it's not so simple is it i mean it's uh, you know in a time like this it's it's hard to not be afraid 
Um, and so we, we have to take that time to listen. We have to look for those signs of God in our lives in all of the different ways that God speaks to us so that we can get those gentle reassurances. If we look for it, if we ask God to speak to us in some way, um, I think very often God says, I'm so glad you asked. And, and he shows himself to us some, some way or another, in some little moment of joy, in some kind of comfort and reassurance. Um, we just need to open ourselves to that and listen for him. Would that be your advice? Uh, or do you have maybe just even a little bit more for folks out there who are, as we all are, journeying into, can we say the unknown? Uh, is it the unknown? <laughs> It is. And, and I think, you know, we, we have to say to God, God, you're my God, you're my father, and I trust you that I was meant to be here at this time. And I trust you to be desiring my best, to, to, to be desiring good for me. And I know that no matter what happens, you're with me and I belong to you. Um, I think that's a, a good beginning. And then I think we look for those good in, in every situation. There are always some, some good things that we can find, some simple joys that we can find. This was the secret for, um, you know, the, there was a, a psychologist, Viktor Frankl, who was in the concentration camps and um, wrote later uh, about his observations of people who were certainly bearing a lot of hardship on a daily basis and many people dying. Um, he said that he found that, f that the people that were um, able to survive it, um, almost inevitably they were the people that at some point were able to find some simple joys, some simple goods, um, in everyday life and, and still be who they were, even in the most difficult of circumstances. And I think that's important too, that we need to be, you know, ourselves, not, not let fear, um, make us selfish or, or aggressive or all of those things that we've been a little concerned about as we've been looking at the grocery stores. Um, but to be authentically who we are, even during a, a, a trying time and try to act in love for one another. Oh, that's so important, you know, and as you said, be not afraid. Run, if you're fearful, I mean, would, it, would you say good advice would be that if you're experiencing that fear, don't run from it, look at it, you know, identify it, and with Christ, Christ is right with you, go towards it, in, in a way, because I, I know that may sound strange, but because it, it, if you run from your fear and you don't bring it up, um, it will constantly haunt you. I, I, I would agree with that. And I would add, um, I, identify it, name it, and then offer it to God. Use mm, this as a prayer. Perfect. So if you say, I'm, I, I'm afraid we're going to run out of food, and that's the thought that pops into your head at five in the morning, uh, then you could say, God, I'm afraid that we're going to run out of food, and I offer that up to you. Um, if you're saying, I'm afraid one of us will get sick, uh, God, I'm afraid that one of us will get sick, and I offer that fear up to you. Um, I'm putting you, God, in charge of this because this fear is too much for me. Um, I think we'll find that that in doing that, this can become a prayer that that offers us some grace and reassurance in a, in a difficult moment. Mm, wow. Wonderful. Joseph, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Chris. It's been wonderful talking with you. 
With Dr. Joseph White, we've gone inside the pages of Listening for God in Everyday Life. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to osv.com, the website for its publisher, Our Sunday Visitor, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To hear and or to download this conversation along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that this has been helpful for you. And if you feel us worthy, you'll consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we pray that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Inside the Pages, Insights from Today's Most Compelling Authors.